This is the GDC Life Podcast. Too good. All right, ladies and gents, you can grab your seats. And uh, I have a message on my heart this morning, and uh, I believe it's for everyone here. For the young people, young people in the house say woo-woo. Nice. For the sort of like normal, (laughs) not normal aged, for just like the young adults in the house say, yeah, boy. And for the old people, I'm talking to you, Dad. Say, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Very good. Dad shaved his beard this week, if you didn't notice. And so we're just letting him know that even though he shaved his beard, he still looks very old. So just let him know. <laughs> nah, we're joking. Hey, um, <clears throat> this morning, I uh, felt it'd be cool to chat around uh, something that was really precious uh, to Jesus' heart. And uh, we see him talking about this subject in Luke chapter 18. And so I'm going to read some scriptures to you and then we're going to dive right in. Is that cool, everybody? We're good to jump in. All right, Luke chapter 18, verse 15 says, uh, People were bringing the babies to Jesus for him to place. Jesus called the children to him and he said, Let the little children, everybody say, Little children. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God is like a little child. Sorry, anyone who will not uh, receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Wow. Um, In another translation, uh, Matthew, sorry, not translation, another uh, gospel, Matthew 18, verse 3, uh, Jesus says again, truly I tell you, unless you change, become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. And he continues and he says, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So what we're talking about this morning is growing younger. Not growing older, but growing younger. And uh, the encouragement is for everyone in this room. Uh, for some of you older folk in the room, it's about redeeming your youth. It's about redeeming. It's about going back to the things we were never called to grow out of. And uh, it's also for the young people in the room not to let go of the things that, you're not, that you don't need to grow out of as well. Um, so we're going to be taking a look at a couple of things. And I just thought also it'd be cool to recognize the fact that the Holy Spirit really honors a spirit of youth, like young people. And we see like uh, in Acts 2, it quotes Joel, and it says how in the last days, uh, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. But then what it does is it goes into detail and it says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters. And it says, your young men will see visions. So it's all about young people. And then it also says, your old men will dream dreams. So it's re- restoring youth to older people. People of the, that have forgotten to dream about the future. And there's this restoration of youth. And it's like, I think it's really highlighting the fact that what God wants to do will take place in a people that grow younger, grow younger every single day. So you, you keen to uh, jump into this? I'm going to challenge you with this. I'm going to give you three things, and hopefully um, they can help shape our lives into, uh, I guess, reviving the youth. And yeah, I just think there's, some, there's something key here. Uh, that we can quickly overlook in a world where, like, even young people, like, you remember growing up and you go to your friends, you know, you're, you're maybe you're eight years old, and both your, you and your friend, you're now both eight, 
And you're like, how old are you? And he says, I'm eight. And you say, well, I'm eight and a half. You remember that? And it's like even young people compete to be older. But there's something about this kingdom culture that looks at being younger. It looks at uh, not trying to be above others, but to serve one another, to prefer one another, to have humility. And, um, and so we're going we're to have a look at some things that I believe Scripture talks about. Number one is stay hungry and believe easily. Okay, this is, this is a key that I believe God is calling us to live in. Uh, yes. Who here? Uh, I've got a, a free, I, I can't tell you what it is, but I've got some food here for anyone that wants it. If you want it, you get it. And I'm, I'm going to give it to you straight up. You just get it. First person up here, if, you, if you're looking for a snack for the service, looking for a snack, first people to come up the front gets it. First person to come up the front gets a snack. Anyone wants a snack? All right, I think it's Judah. I think it's Judah. All right, Cass, would you mind passing me that bag of snacks just uh, on the side? Boys, you guys are going to love this. There's enough for all of you. There's enough for all of you. All right, if you put your hands out, these are called garden peas. Just put, put your hands out. Amazing. All right, enjoy, guys. Enjoy. Very good. Very good. Awesome. All right, enjoy. Why don't we thank the kids for coming up? <laughs> Thanks, Cass. <He's laughs> okay, so like, no, not many, apart from Kieran, didn't seem like any of you adults were uh, <laughs> gullible enough to come up and fall for this trick. Um, but I think kids, you think about kids growing up, and maybe some of you still in the room, certainly myself, uh, some people are just bottomless pits for food. Like you'll just eat, no matter, whatever, whatever comes your way, you'll keep eating, you'll keep hung, eating. And I think children, they're just like a perfect reflection of, I mean, they'll eat, they'll burn, burn it off and they'll come looking for more food. So we would have like in the morning, every morning, Elias wakes up, we give him some milk and then uh, he's still hungry. We give him some crackers and we give him some breakfast. If he sees a jar of peanut butter sitting on the counter and he's eating, he's full, his stomach's bloated. And Vanessa's like, Leon, his, his tummy is so tight right now. We can't give him any more food. He will still cry for that peanut butter. And um, there's something about children and being hungry. And there's something about children and believing things. Uh, I remember growing up and hearing someone uh, say this quote, and they, they said, stay hungry, stay foolish. Uh, stay hungry, stay foolish. It sounded really strange to me when I first heard this quote, stay hungry, stay foolish. I'm like, okay, stay hungry, I guess be expectant. What, what does it mean to stay foolish? And I used to just think, whatever, this guy is obviously a brilliant guy. He must know what he's talking about. Stay foolish. And it wasn't until recently that I realized this is actually a kingdom culture to stay foolish. Let me explain. Okay, uh, the Bible in Matthew 5 verse 3, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. You know, when you come to the table hungry, and when you come to the table, not as the know-it-all, but as the dumb one, ready to learn, when you come foolish, you'll, you'll come as a student. You'll come ready to learn. And how many of you know that most children, I mean, some children out there are just absolutely brilliant, but there are a lot of children that'll just sit at your lap and uh, they'll just ask you questions. And no matter what you say, they're like wet clay. You can just, you can rattle off, 
you know, the next biggest lie, and they'll believe it. (laughs) But you know what's interesting is that Jesus, he takes this picture of children, and he doesn't condemn them for what could be perceived as uh, naivety, but he says, he actually goes on the other side, he challenges people that would take advantage of it. And he says, anyone that causes anyone of these young ones to stumble will have hell to pay, essentially. Okay? And so what does that mean? It means Jesus actually desires that we would believe like children, almost in a sense of being like, at, like even in, at the expense of being naive. It's like he wants that sort of simple faith. And it's not like, okay, no, 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 actually, um, it's more important that you would be, you know, extra calculated and measured about how you believe things. He's like, actually, I prefer that you have a childlike faith that is quick to believe everything I say because I've said it outside of reason. In fact, I saw this really cool quote, uh, uh, Bill Johnson. I don't know if this was in the message that he recently preached, but I just saw it online. And he said this, he says, the levity you're willing to live with. And the inability to live with mystery is your resistance to childlikeness. It's childlikeness that gives us access to dimensions and realms of the kingdom that you can't get in any other way. And I believe God is, is calling us to come back to this, this heart of childlikeness. He's restoring a heart within us that is quick to believe, hungry to hear from him, and humble enough to receive what he's doing, humble enough to receive what he's saying. Uh, So this is about humility, staying hungry, believing easily. It's about humility. Think about this. If you have everything, you will desire nothing, right? If you have everything, you desire nothing. So coming fresh, new, humble, eager, hungry will ensure that you welcome what is available to receive. And so you can ask yourself this, you know, are are you hungry or have you become a picky eater? I want to ask everybody in the room to stand up. Come on, let's all stand up to our feet. Everybody's standing up, all the kids standing up, all the adults, all the old people, mom and dad. All right, we've got, I've got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some uh, different food uh, items on the screen in just a moment. I'm going to play a game to see who's uh, the least pickiest eater in the room. And um, the prize was going to be that bag of peas, but it no longer is, so... Um, we'll see what your prize is. But let's just have a bit of an, uh, a check on the room this morning. All right, let's chuck up the first item on the screen. Item number one is a bunning snag. Stay standing if you enjoy this. If you don't like a sausage sizzle, please take a seat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Deliverance in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right, we got, some, we got some real picky eaters in the room. All right, next Next photo. Sit down if you don't like pizza, pizza of any kind. If you don't like pizza, you can sit down. All right, we've kept most of the room so far. Wow, we've got some uncultured people in the room. All right, the final photo, this is the big whammy. Let's see who remains standing after this. Ladies and gentlemen, sit down if you do not like Brussels sprouts. All right, very good. Let's give a round of applause. To all the flexible people in the room this morning with a cultured palate that are willing to eat just about anything. Thank you very much. All right, you can take your seats. <laughs> all right. This is a little bit of fun, but a reminder not to become a picky eater. 
a picky eater when it, when it comes to uh, the things of the Lord, what he's doing, what he's saying, how he speaks. Um, get hungry, be a student, believe easily. Consider this, okay? I, I said this earlier, but I, I wrote it down like this. His response, Jesus' response to an easily believing people, the children, was not to correct their naivety, but instead to warn those seeking to take advantage. And also to instruct us that unless we become like children, we would not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Um, and I got this other video. I'm a parent, so I'm just going to be shameless about um, showing videos of my son this morning. Uh, this is a video of Elias. So this video number one, you can just hit play. All of a sudden, this last week or two, Elias just started walking around the house and starting to do trust falls. Just like without signal. And that is just, and it freaks us out because like, okay, don't start. And when he starts putting his, no, no, he puts yeah, his head back it. and we're like, oh no, he's about to do it again. And so we have to run to grab him. And it's just such a... Um, you know, if someone's not there, it'll hurt. <laughs> All right, I'll finish. It's, it's just such a picture of how naive young people can be to believe. And like, and it's like, I'm, it's almost like, we're going to talk about this in a little second, but it's like, they're not afraid to get their hopes up. But the reason that is, is because they, uh, they, they're, they're quick to believe. And so I guess I want to ask you in the room, are you still quick to believe? Are you still quick to believe what God's doing, what he can do, what he has done, what he will do? And for young people, <laughs> for young people in the room, inspire kids. I just want to let you know, if anyone ever tells you to grow up because you believe something too outrageous and too outlandish, Never grow out of believing easily what God could possibly do. <laughs> Santa Claus. Um, believe easily. Believe easily what the Lord is doing. We need to hear the word. Easily, yes, it is dangerous. Believing easily is dangerous. Uh, this is the sort of dangerous faith and trust that children have that Jesus actually commended. And the question is, does it leave us vulnerable? Yes, it does. But he wants us to live that vulnerable life. And it's a message for older people here. He wants you to live the, the vulnerable life. In fact, we need to hear the word on vulnerable faith, not grounded faith. Grounded faith is important, but most of us get the grounded faith thing. We lean, in, we lean onto grounded faith uh, in a way that we lean away from vulnerable faith. And so it's time to get vulnerable with our faith again. Um, only a child will believe that a cardboard box could be a car or a blanket fort could become a castle or the floor could be lava. Whoever played the floor is lava game growing up. Ah, it's time to relive your childhood this morning. This gift to imagine, to believe and, and perceive that something is possible uh, is taken from us when we replace, when we replace uh, a heart to prioritize the creative um, for a heart that prioritizes productivity. And so we think uh, product, it's all about, life is all about getting something done. But uh, we're going to talk about also experiencing life. Um, but this gift to imagine, believe, perceive what otherwise seems outlandish is the very childlike faith required to birth. Everybody say birth. It's required to birth. Um, what no dried up, burnt out, grown up could ever bring themselves to birth. There's a reason, think about it, Jesus uses this terminology that he's calling us to be born again. Born again. And so I think there's a reason that we must be born again. Have you grown tired, old, and weary in your soul? 
This morning, it's time to refresh. Amen? Okay, how? Well, the Bible says, those that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll rise up with wings like easel, e- easels. Eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalm 103 verse 5 says that the Lord will renew your strength, uh, renew your youth like the eagles. And uh, this is the how. I believe one of the keys to staying fresh and young and alive is stay messy. Stay messy and remain flexible. And this is another childlike attribute that I believe God's calling us back to. Uh, Stay messy, remain flexible. Uh, God's called us to wait on Him. Break out of your usual rhythm. Walk in step with Him. You know, John 10, 27 uh, talks about how uh, Jesus says in this scripture, He says, my sheep hear my voice. And... um, and it's this, this picture of how the sheep will follow the shepherd. As long as he calls them, the sheep will follow the shepherd through the hills, up and over the hills, around the hills, through the mountains, wherever the shepherd goes. They don't question where they're going, um, but they follow. They're flexible and uh, they're, they're quick to follow. They stay messy and they remain flexible. So no matter what hills, winds, twists come your way, step out of the rut and into his rhythm. And so we're just going to mix uh, some things up again this morning. Uh, if, you're, if you're sitting with, if you came to church with someone here this morning, say someone in your family or whatever, I want you to stand up and just swap seats. You know, just going to make it super chaotic. Stand up, swap seats. If you didn't come with anyone, I want you to stand up and just do like a, just sort of a, like a wiggly dance. So just get up, stand up to your feet, wobble your arms around a little bit. Come on. I got to see everyone up out of their seats. I'm watching everybody. I'm going to expose you. Kieran, stand up, bro. Have you already swapped? Ah, very good. Awesome. All right. Very good. Very good. (laughs) All right. You can take your seats. You can take your seats. (laughs) You know, sometimes, sometimes it takes something messy or crazy happening to wake us up out of uh, what is known as a flow state. Where we're on autopilot. How many of you have ever gone driving? I mean, none of the kids, hopefully. Um, but how many of you have ever been driving and you're driving on, you're on your way home and you're driving, you're driving, and all of a sudden you're home and you don't even realize how you got home. You forgot that you were driving. You were thinking about something else. And you're like, did I? <laughs> and for maybe some other people in the room, you've been, you're, you're on your phone the whole way home. And uh, no, nah, I won't go there. <laughs> but... Um, there's this interesting thing um, uh, called the flow state that psychologists talk about, which is when you enter this, essentially this mode of productivity where you, you've ever done the laundry, you've got so many shirts to get through, you're folding shirts, um, yeah, you're folding shirts, and, and you just, you got a rhythm. Have you ever seen those videos on YouTube or Facebook or whatever where like, there's like these incredible production lines and they're just smashing through things or they're cooking food and they're super fast. And like, how the heck do they do that? They're in what's called the flow state, you know? Um, other examples of the flow state is maybe you're at work and you're just running, running data or repetitive tasks. Um, maybe playing a song on an instrument. You know, when I, I remember like there's times when I realize I've forgotten how to play a song on the guitar. And if I just repeat it enough, rather than going to the music charts, if I repeat it enough, my brain kicks into the flow state. I'm like, oh, that's right. And I don't even remember how to play it, but it comes out. Um, Now, this is useful for productivity, but it's terrible for being present. It's terrible for being uh, aware to what's happening around you. Um, 
No good parent, good husband, good wife, good brother or sister ever, ever accomplished something great in the relationship by remaining in a flow state. Like when you're in autopilot, I mean, Vanessa knows how terrible I am if I'm in autopilot and she's talking to me and it just goes in, one ear comes out the other and she's asked me to do something, bring something and I just completely forgotten. And um, the reality is um, it's great for productivity, but it's bad for experiential purposes. And so the encouragement here is stay messy. Wake up out of a rut. You know, if you've, if you've found yourself in the rut of your nine to five job or just getting things done or doing something, you may find that you've closed the door to what the Spirit's doing in the moment. You've become so, you know, ordered and precise about everything you do that you need something to shake you up, to wake you up. And, uh, you know, some people, you probably experienced this in, there was many, there are many people experiencing incredible things of God during this uh, pandemic, right? Um, and I think it was because all of a sudden we experienced something that we never experienced in our lifetime. It shook up, it shook up a bunch of stuff. And uh, so the encouragement here is to stay messy. Um, let's stay messy, yeah? I watched a movie recently about the multiverse and the way that they would enter into different universes is that they would do something so outrageously outlandish and crazy and unexpected that it would like split this rift in time and they'd enter into another universe. And it just, it just, get, it just reminded me of like, honestly, sometimes if you're, if you're in a church service and you want to shift something, just, just wake up. Like, all it takes is waking up, activating something. If you're with your family, if you're driving, you know, to work, like, just wake up out of that flow state, get messy, and uh, be flexible to what the Lord is doing. Amen? Amen. Very good. Um, do I want to do this game? Yeah, let's do this game. We've got another game. <laughs> so family service, we're going to play some games. Uh, can I get that stuff up to the front? All right, I need one messy kid and one messy adult, someone willing to get messy. And there is a price for this. There is a $20 JB Hi-Fi voucher up for cast. <laughs> awesome. Uh, no, who do I pick? I feel terrible. All right, we got, we got Sal up here. Which is great because it means we don't have to pay him. That no, you guys won't know. <laughs> uh, I need one adult. Come on, there's got to be an adult in the room willing to get messy. Yeah! All right, Dills, Humsy. All right. <laughs> what do I do? I feel terrible. Uh, which kid am I gonna pick? Dills. Well, who do you reckon? We actually. All right. All right. You're first. Very good. All right. You, is it Ethan? Yes, Ethan. All right. Very good. Um, we're gonna actually, can we get someone here to carry Ethan so he can be lifted? We're about to play apple bobbing, bro. Apple bobbing. So come over to this high table. Come over to this high table. And so, have you ever, have you, Ethan, have you ever played apple bobbing? Correct. And you, we, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna set a timer for one minute, and whoever eats the most of their apple will win the $20 JB Hi-Fi gift voucher. And that $20 JB Hi-Fi gift voucher can go towards Nintendo Switch games. It can go towards buying your mum and dad a new iPhone charger. Who knows? All right, so um, awesome. Carlos is going to be carrying Ethan, and I'm going to give you a countdown. We're going to count them down from three. You guys ready to help me? Let's go. Ready? Three, two, one. Let's go. All right, I've started the timer. One minute on the clock. All right, I'll do some commentating. 
It's getting real messy. <laughs> All right, there's some cheering. We got a small bite coming off of, of Ethan's. Has Dylan got any bites off yet? He's eating it. Very good, you can eat it. Very good. I don't think Dills hasn't got any bites off yet. Ethan's eating it, he's doing all right. All right, we got another 30 seconds. Don't drown, guys, don't drown, whatever you do. All right, very good. Oh, awesome. that's great, Dills, that's great. All right, we got another 20 seconds on the clock. Another 20 seconds. Very good. All right, no hands, no hands. All right, help me count down. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Awesome. All right, if you guys can lift your apples up into the sky so everyone can see how well you did. Everybody lift them up. Oh, very good. Okay, so Dills did all right, but unfortunately, but actually very fortunately for you, Ethan, Ethan takes home the $20 JB Hi-Fi gift voucher. Thanks to stating, bro. You should have got a woman that better than Ethan. <laughs> I remember. The Bible. <laughs> oh, too good. Stay messy. See, these guys, you, Ethan, you are willing to get messy, and now you got a prize. Absolutely incredible. And uh, the Lord is speaking to us. He's prophesying to everybody in this room. If you're willing to get messy, there's something on the other side of that mess for you. Amen. Last night, we were at Pancakes on the Rocks. And Renee just started prophesying. And uh, Renee Rufus, this is a quote from Renee Rufus, 2022, on the 23rd of July, ladies and gentlemen. She said, one person's breakthrough is another person's freak out moment. How many of you have ever been in church and someone's at the front and they're just like, ah! <laughs> it is something crazy. Or someone beside you is waving a flag around and they're jumping up and down. And uh, there's some sort of breakthrough happening for that person in the moment. And then for someone else to the side, it's like, it's looking absolutely crazy. You're feeling a little bit awkward. Maybe people, you know, maybe you're visiting for the first time. You're freaking out about, uh, I guess, just the messy situation that's going on. Um, but here's the thing, God works in the mess. God works when we break out of the rut and we, we kind of surrender to what he's doing in the moment and we're willing to get messy, we're open to what he's doing and where he's leading and uh, we'll actually experience something fresh. We'll experience, we'll experience something, we'll actually experience. We won't just live through, but we'll experience uh, what God is doing. Uh, the amount of times Elias just makes a mess at home and I get this, like, I've got, I, I definitely don't, but I'm going to say I have like a mild OCD where I freak out about having to clean stuff up after someone's made a mess. And Elias loves making a mess at home. And Vanessa's always encouraging me just to let him play. Chuck that uh, second video up. We caught him playing with this uh, LSA packet, linseed, all over the floor. And he's just like having the absolute time of his life, rolling around in it, ruining his clothes. He's just splashing around um, <clears throat> in the pile. And he was also opening up some yeast packets and all of this. And so Vanessa tells me that this, this messy play is super important for his cognitive development. And all these tactile experiences are a part of him exploring, learning, discovering, and, and obviously even just enjoying himself. 
Like, why, why rob him from, from enjoying this experience of just being messy, having fun, and being a child? And I feel like this is one of the things that God is calling us to come back to as well, is being messy. And don't be so uptight and worried about the mess that's created in being messy. Um, you know, I was... Is that for the next part? Yeah. Well, I guess the, the next thing that I was going to go to... Okay, just, just to stay messy. One person's breakthrough is another person's freak out moment. Life is explosive. Life is often unpredictable. The most memorable moments are moments that take you by surprise. So be flexible. Go with the flow. What is God doing? What is God saying? Uh, wake up to the moment. Have you ever thought about how many photos we take on our phones, man? I, I was looking through my phone and I swear I got like 20,000 photos on my phone. Have you ever looked through like your parents' old albums, the print albums, and you've got like max, like maybe what, 100 photos, 200 photos? You'll never be able to print all the photos that you've taken. And one day, when you're 80 years old and you're looking back on the 32 million photos you have, you will never be able to experience all the photos you've taken. But you know what I reckon we take photos? Is uh, we have such an inability to step out of our bubble and into the moment that we have a fear of missing out on the moment that we obsess about catching the perfect moment so that maybe when we're taking a breath at some later point, we can reminisce a recreated, fabricated moment. So like, and it's this anxiety that, that is subconscious, but we're living with it and we're trying to capture everything because we're worried that we're missing the moment. And I guess my challenge and my encouragement for you this morning is don't wait for tomorrow to live what he's calling you to live in and embrace and enjoy today. Life is today. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Amen. Uh, what does the Bible say about the flow state? I think Galatians 5.1 is an incredible challenge for us. Christ has set you free. Make sure that you stay free. Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. This is contrasting the repetitive dead religion uh, with life-bearing real relationship. And you've probably heard the message translation of Matthew 11 verse 28. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I just feel like God's calling us to get free again. Like the only way you're going to get free is if you're willing to get messy. If we're extra like careful about making a mess, then we're going to miss out on things. So stay messy, remain flexible. <clears throat> and lastly... Third thing is to take risks and get your hopes up. And I guess this is where I want to land because I feel like uh, this is probably like the biggest challenge for most adults. Um, we, we, we actually, we choose not to get our hopes up for fear of our hopes uh, being let down. So, you know, the Bible says, we quote this all the time, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But we know the other side of that scripture is that a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So it's not a scripture about like not getting your hopes up. It's about seeing your hopes come to fruition. And, and the thing is, that the Bible talks about how uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So a faith, uh, a faith can't exist without a hope seed. So the question is, have you stopped hoping? Have you stopped 
dreaming? Have you stopped taking risks? You think about when a child is um, learning to walk, and they, they, as they're learning to walk, they're taking their steps, and uh, they're letting go of furniture, and they're taking their steps, and they whack, they whack face first on the floor, and they, Elias has already chipped a tooth. He's not even two, and he has to live with his teeth till whenever adult teeth come in. And so he's just permanently lost uh, until the battle teeth come in. A chip on his tooth. And this poor kid probably doesn't even care. <laughs> and, and it's because he's willing to take risks that he was able to learn to walk. And I think sometimes what we do is we get so afraid to take risks because of what we've experienced. Heartache, heartbreak, uh, broken dreams, broken promises, bad relationships. And what we do is we become calloused. And we stop taking risks. You know the, the old um, saying, uh, old dogs, <laughs> you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's the one. Um, that's where it comes from. And, um, and I was thinking about Nemo, who he hasn't watched. Fine. You know the butt? The boat? He went and he touched the boat. And so he got into a bit of trouble. But his dad, Marlon, I think his name is, Merlin, Marlon, I don't know. Um, if, if Marlon or Merlin wasn't able to, sorry, if he didn't have the courage, his whole story arc is, is having the courage to take a risk and look for his son. He's like a super cautious, overprotective father, and he has to learn that only in him taking a risk will he be able to find and rescue his son. And so for a lot of us, We've become the, the adult that's grown out of taking risks. Maybe you feel like you've already invested enough. You've already taken enough risks. You've taken more than your heart can handle. And I just want to remind you this morning that if we, do, if, we, if, when, if we weren't dare to dream, then there's no way for the Lord to fulfill the dreams that we have. And you can lie to yourself as much as you want, but we have dreams. Dreams that uh, the Lord desires to fulfill. And so I just feel like a part of getting back to being young again and coming to the Lord with this childlikeness is being one that comes to him vulnerable and willing to dream again, having audacious, crazy faith. <clears throat> Amen? Amen. Very good. So I think, I, think <laughs> um, I guess like this is, I thought it'd be cool to just finish on this story as an example. Mark 5. 25, the story of the woman um, suffering uh, with the issue of blood, and it talks about how she suffered this condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of physicians had treated her, treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before, but she heard about Jesus. Everybody say, but, but she heard about Jesus. So she slipped in from behind, and she touched his robe, and she was thinking to, us, thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. And the moment she did it, the flow of blood dried up and she could feel the change and knew that her plague was over and done with. And this woman, because she had not given up that healing was possible, it was only because she didn't give up that she was able to receive her miracle. And I think sometimes, like, maybe, you know, we've been contending for a miracle for a long time or believing for breakthrough or praying for a salvation or whatever it is, and you've been waiting for a long time, and I think it's just, it's painful. It is painful. It's painful. The process of waiting and being patient or not even being sure if it's ever going to happen, it's painful. Um, but I believe God's calling us... <sighs> 
just to come back. Renew, renew that youth. What does renewing your youth look like? It, it means uh, being able to dream again. So um, I guess that's my encouragement. It's a simple message, but uh, it's a, it's, I guess it's a callback to childlikeness. And I think it's something that we all need to consider in our lives. Young people in the room, don't grow out of what God's calling you to be. Older people in the room, if you've grown out of what God's called you to be, come back to it. Come back to who God created you to be. Amen? Awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to pray over all of us. Why don't we stand to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father, I just, I just pray for the hearts in this room. Lord, I just, I just uh, yeah, we just invite you to come and, and heal hearts this morning, God. Um, and I also just pray for if there's, if there's anyone in the room here that feels like their childhood was actually robbed from them, they never desired to grow up, and you grew up way too quickly, um, something was, it was robbed from you, you had to step into some sort of responsibility or whatever, or there was abuse, I just feel like the Lord wants to take you through this healing process. And so, Father, I just pray that you would restore uh, the youth that you promised to us, Lord. Uh, Restore the youth to your people, God. Father, we just thank you that right now you're calling us back to believing easily, to staying messy as well, God. And, Father, to keeping our hopes up, Lord. I just pray that we would would walk this faith uh, with a spirit of childlikeness and we would never leave it. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Everybody said, amen, amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's worship the King, hey? Let's worship. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. If you'd like to partner with us, you can visit ggclife.com forward slash give. We hope you have an amazing week. Be blessed.